I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Thank you for clicking play and for downloading this podcast and for keeping us on the internet. This is the Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast recording from the Mellow 94.7 studios in Mandaluyong City. For you newcomers to the SGP podcast, my name is Stan. And my name is Ro. And we are so happy to bring you this week's episode in wrestling. Of course, we like to talk about wrestling for the educated Filipino fan, but you can't be educated if you don't read. Right, that's right. You, you can't be educated if you don't read. And, well, you don't really see it in them sometimes when you, when you watch them work, when you watch them talk, when you watch them on your TV screens. But a lot of wrestlers are actually very educated people. And a lot of these wrestlers can actually pre-write. They can write and hold their own when it comes to writing a book. A good example, of course, is Mick Foley. Another example is my favorite wrestling author, Y2J. And my favorite wrestling author, Edge. Um, yes, he is actually a very talented writer. If you haven't read his autobiography, um, he he displays a really rare um, writing talent. Um, it's re- it's really you know it's, he's he's candid. He's really funny. Um, he he's very yeah yeah he's very he's very good in the in with a pen. You know what? I remember actually reading On Edge for one of my research papers back in third year high school, which reminds me about all these books that I've come to enjoy reading and looking for whenever I visit my favorite bookstores. I remember there was a fully booked sale over the weekend. You and I actually met up yeah, at yeah, fully we, booked. We met up at fully booked over the weekend um, by by chance, actually. By chance, and my primary my primary <laughs> goal at fully booked over the weekend was to look for the copy of WWE magazine with for a replica kids. for kids, for kids. <laughs> with a Money in the Bank briefcase replica. No, it wasn't a replica. It was a lunchbox. Ah, uh, yeah, it was a lunchbox. It was a lunchbox designed as the money in the the red, the raw money in the bank uh, briefcase. Sad to say, they didn't have a copy of it here. They didn't have the briefcase either. Boo. And, and I looked, uh, and I looked at other branches fully booked, and I, I didn't get to find it either. Too bad. And it was kind of sad though That at Fully Booked At least over the weekend When we went out to check uh, for, for books There weren't any books That were pretty hard to find At least this weekend But you failed In finding a good wrestling book But I did not uh, I went to another bookstore That night Later after we met uh, I was at Bukay Ukay Along Maginhawa uh, For those northerners Who live um, near UP There is this uh, Secondhand bookstore that, that, uh, that sells books On the cheap and I found the biography, the official WWE biography of Andre the Giant. And this is actually why we're having this con- this conversation right now. Exactly, because it's not every day that you get to find an Andre the Giant biography or a WWE book at a secondhand bookstore. So I didn't, yeah, ask, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know that there was, a w, uh, there was an official WWE book on Andre. So let me ask you, how much did this cost? It cost me a whopping 120 pesos. Damn! See, I won. I won that night. That was a sweet bargain, my friend. Yeah, and I keep finding... And, and, uh, for those uh, listeners, if you want to find, if you want to have a chance of finding uh, uncommon wrestling books, um, you would do well to find this. Uh, you do well to go through the secondhand bookstores. Really, seriously, uh, I've found like uh, a couple, maybe a few good wrestling books going through book sale. 
You know what? One of these days, you and I, we have to we have to compile our collection of wrestling books because I'd like to think you and I have a pretty decent library. Yeah, I think I have a decent library. I'm still looking for more and more books. So am I. I'm also on the lookout for gems. Uh, when I went to uh, Dubai some three months ago, I actually took home some wrestling books that I haven't even seen here. They were actually published by the ECW Press. Right. Uh, is this the rise and fall of the ECW? No, it's not. It's actually a pro wrestling book on, on the best baby faces and how to create heat. Right, right, right. And uh, you mentioned ECW Press. I, I have this one regret, this one book I regret not being able to buy because um, uh, I, I had to buy Dusty Rhodes' biography, uh-huh. autobiography. Right. And, uh, well, while I don't regret buying that book, I regret you know not finding this book. Uh, it was The Rise and Fall of ECW. You know what? I think I do remember seeing this. Uh, if yeah, I'm not mistaken, Fully Booked used to actually carry this title. I saw this book in, in book sale. Ah. Right, so yeah, and I regret not buying that. I also found in another book sale uh, the autobiography of China. Jeez, and and you, you, we say a lot of bad things about China, especially um, after her second career. Oh yes, uh, well, let's not get into that. Let's not get to one night in China <laughs> and 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 the Avengers um, XXX parody. <laughs> Don't ask me how I know this. Don't ask me how I know yo, that. Yo 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 Rule thirty four. Rule thirty four. <laughs> Just don't ask me how I know this. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, no, no. But I saw I saw China's book, and I don't know if she wrote it or if she had a ghostwriter uh-huh. or write it for her. Yeah. But she she also displayed the same um, candidness and a talent for humor as Edge did. You know what? One of these days, I swear to God, you and I we're gonna put our books together. We're gonna have one awesome kick-ass wrestling library. Right, right, right. And well, we can't have a reading party because that's not really that. Fun or exciting? It's not very yes, cool. Um, if anyone wants, to, you know, if anyone wants to borrow, you know, any of my wrestling books, uh, I also remember. Um, remember the last year's? Uh, no, no, no. The national where uh, the national bookstore warehouse sale. Yeah. from two years ago. Uh huh. I found the old Bret Hart book. The oh, big ass, The big ass pink book. Hitman. Yeah, yeah, Hitman. I have a I have a PDF of that book. Don't ask me how I got that. I think but, you got that from me. No, I didn't. You didn't? No, I didn't. Uh, you, uh, no, before I got the book, I had a PDF of the book. Interesting. And then I found it, and I got it for fifty pesos. Jesus Christ! Fifty pesos at the national where uh, national bookstore warehouse. Wow, so. a cool fifty pesos for the Hitman book. Man, uh, if you want to borrow any of our wrestling books and talk wrestling with us, of course you know where to find us on Twitter. We are on Twitter. We tweet about wrestling a lot. It's right. at Stan947. At Rose War. I'm the guy at the black mask. And I'm the guy with a microphone in front of his face. Uh, we mentioned, we failed to mention this actually on last week's podcast, but it was a significant event in pro wrestling. Santino Morella finally calling it quits after a seven-year run in the WWE. But with the fanfare or lack thereof surrounding it, you would think that how significant was this really? Uh, I mean, uh, it was kind of disappointing since Vicky Guerrero got a send-off. Everybody knew that she was going to go. Nobody knew that Santino Morella suffered a third-degree neck injury. Yeah, and he announced his retirement on a house show. That's right. And, and we, we haven't heard from him since. We haven't heard him from, uh, for, we haven't heard from him since. And he also kind of broke kayfabe at that house show because it was in his hometown of Toronto, Ontario. Right, right, right. And, well... I wish we could have got we should have gotten more because um, Santino is a really underrated talent. Maybe um, he's not the best in the world in the ring, but I would have wanted to see more of him in the ring. And um, he made he made his kind of limited gimmick, the the com- the comedic Santino Morella gimmick. He made it work um, in the ring and and not just in the mic. And for what it's worth, Santino Morella he had a pretty 
pretty impressive singles career. In seven years, the only championships he haven't he hasn't won are the WWE and the World Heavyweight Championship. And he was damn close uh, two years ago. That's right, at the Elimination Chamber in 2012 when he was beaten by Daniel Bryan. Right, and that was my contribution for Must Watch Mondays last week because um, that's when we all found out Santino was retired. And if you haven't seen the SmackDown Elimination Chamber from 2012... You have to go see it because that was a star-making performance. It was a great match. Uh, actually, uh, Santino Morella had a, a, a semi-star-making moment as well the year before right. in the 40-man Royal Rumble when uh, he was the runner-up to Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He, he almost won it. He almost won that but, as well. Yeah, yeah, he almost won that as well. But, you know, um, nothing came close to the, elim- the Elimination Chamber match. Because, oh, no, man. Yeah, because if, if um, they just put in some effort and taken it from there, I think he could have... Um, he could have been a bigger star from there. If there's one regret I think that we at Smart Gilas Pilipinas have when it comes to Santino Morella's career, it's that he wasn't able to explore that as uh, as a legit MMA tough guy. Because in real life, he's actually one of those tough guys you probably wouldn't want to mess with. If you remember some episodes back, we talked about this supposed uh, spectrum of should I pick a fight with this wrestler or not. Right, and Santino is an actual judoha. He is, he yeah. Is. He knows his judo. He, he's actually, um, he's a shooter. Right. Yeah. So if uh, if uh, Anthony Corelli had the chance to be Boris Alexiev in the WWE, who knows how his career would have turned out? Uh, he would have been better than Rusev and Vladimir Kozlov combined. That would have been badass. But Santino Morella, thank you for all those years of, of uh, entertaining us, of making us laugh. I will always enjoy that tea party segment with Seamus and Kozlov. <laughs> yeah, I remember that segment, and um, it might not have it might not have always been a great uh, thing, um, the comedic thing. But yeah, thank you very much for entertaining us. And with that, uh, let's get to our first weekly segment of this week. We, we like to call this our list of things we like and don't like about wrestling. Let's call this Spots and, and botches. botches. Let's get to our first botch where, well, you know, we've been excited about the Bray Wyatt and Chris Jericho match at Battleground, mostly because of the promo work that was going to happen. But this week, we like to think that they could have done so much more with their, with their segment. Right, right, and um, you know we, you know we almost just are past at the thought of you know Bray Wyatt and Chris Jericho um, facing each other, not just in the ring but on the mic, and you know sparks would have flown, yeah, you know, but this week I didn't feel it. Hell, this week the crowd actually went so far as to chant "boring, at, boring." Yeah, at Bray, at Bray, pal, of all people, of all people, and that's probably the first time that any crowd has chanted "boring" at Bray Wyatt. Here's the thing, um, I. Uh, the moment Bray started talking, and the more I listened to him, because um, you have to listen to Bray Wyatt in order to get him. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people I find complain about Bray because they don't know what he's talking about. But He's cryptic. Of, that's no, no, that's no, no, who he is. No, but a lot of these times, um, they, don't just, they just don't listen to him. You know okay. what I'm saying? You know what yeah, saying? yeah. But, but this time, um, when he said that, you know, when he was asking Chris Jericho where he was, you know, when he wanted us to save him, you know, when we wanted um, him to save us. Yeah. I, f- I kind of felt like it was a light version of Cena and Rock. Okay, how how do you compare the Bray and Jericho storyline to Cena Rock from last year? Because you know, you know, Cena has always been on Rock's case about not being there for his people, right? And I, I kind of I kind of felt that I kind of heard the similarities in in this particular feud. Except this time, there's actually a hardcore face and a hardcore heel. And yeah, and on top of that, parang okay. Um, Bray is asking Jericho where he was, yeah. but I don't know why Bray is doing that. 
Like, parang, what ascendancy does Bray Wyatt have? Ganun. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Um, maybe he wants to be, um, he wants to usurp Chris Jericho's place as the savior of the masses. As the Messiah, yeah. Yeah, but that's something I came up with on my own. You know what? I actually don't have a problem with Bray Wyatt asking Chris Jericho where he's been because as a bad guy, you can use that to taunt the good guy, right? You can use that to taunt uh, to taunt the people who are supposedly rooting for the good guy and probably question their belief in the good guy. No, no, no. Sure, sure, sure. But um, we didn't get any of that this week. We um, nothing was advanced. Okay. But um, we we um we we were on the same place as we were last week. Mm, and that's never a good thing because when you're trying to tell a story, especially with a weekly episodic show. Your primary goal with every episode and every segment is to make your story go forward each week. Yeah, and I I would think um, I thought that Chris Jericho of all people would understand this. Right. But no, we were just getting the same old stuff. Um, Jericho's um yelling his catchphrases, Bray's being cryptic, and the onus on advancing the story is on Bray because he's the cryptic one. Right. Exactly. Because it's up to him to you know explain more and more what he's about because. Um, sometimes, even though we, we, we have our guesswork, even though we try and make our effort to understand him, we're just not gonna get the, uh, we're just not gonna get what he means unless he just comes right out and say it. You know what? If there's one last thing that we at SGP want to rant about with regard to the Bray Wyatt Chris Jericho storyline and their promo so far, it's the fact that they've totally ditched continuity. We, right, were t- right, we were right. talking about this sometime last week or two weeks ago about how we know Chris Jericho is a stickler for continuity, right. how they advocated for this during the CM Punk run in 2012. Exactly. And we were expecting them to actually bring up the NXT match where Chris Jericho and Bray Wyatt faced off against each other at NXT. Right. And um, the moment I heard um, someone, I think it was Renee Young or Chris Jericho, who said that um, it was on SmackDown. He said that it was Chris. Yeah, it was Chris. He said that um, it was the first time in WWE history that he and Bray Wyatt would face off. Yeah, I t- immediately tweeted, "Damn you, Chris! Damn it, Chris! It's not the first time you 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 faced each other on NXT." And I kind of tweeted the same thing, even right. though I, ha- I I didn't see that tweet. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. I was watching SmackDown over the weekend. I think it was Sunday, and then I pretty much said the same thing. Damn it, Chris! Why? And somebody tweeted me. Uh, one of our friends at SGP. Yeah, he said that, but it's not the same universe. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck that. <laughs> they no, they reference Page V on NXT. Yeah, they do. So, so why can't I reference this? Oh no, it, it's supposed to be consistent, right? I mean, uh, it does. It doesn't matter if it's a divas or if it's the main, the men or the the guys on the main roster. It's still the same universe. Anyway, so yeah, so that actually that's a um, a minor problem, a minor nitpicking actually. So um, the bigger the bigger issue to the guy is that nothing was advanced this week, and I hope that um, they try to save it on SmackDown. But uh, I don't have much. Uh, I don't have high hopes for that. Funny that you should mention storylines being advanced because our next spot is actually about storylines being advanced. There is a big battle royal happening at Battleground for the vacated Intercontinental Championship. It's between twenty superstars, and much to our delight, a lot of the feuds are independent of one one another, and yet they're also converging come Sunday at the Battleground pay per view. Yeah, and that's really subtle storytelling. And that's very very good. Um, at first, you don't realize right away that these guys are in the battle royal, right? And then, then somebody, uh, the announcers, one of the announcers mentions it, um, mentions it to hype it, you know. And then the graphic comes on. Oh my god, these guys are feuding with each other, and but let's give they're you a- all in the same match. So. We're going to see a lot of storylines come battleground. And not just a lot of storylines, but a lot of storylines interlapping with one another. Exactly, exactly. So, wow. Um, 
we've never had you know, we've never had this kind of complex storytelling in quite a long time. It's not the most complex, but it's more complex than you know the, sh- the shit we've been getting lately. So to give you a quick rundown of some of these storylines we're talking about, there's the feud between Sheamus and The Miz. Right, and Del Rio as well. And Alberto Del Rio, who's also feuding with Rob Van Dam, by the way. Right. And then you have Dolph Ziggler and Fandango going at it. Yeah, because of the Summer Rae and Layla thing. That's right. And uh, a, a bunch of other feuds. I am, well, before... And then you got um, Big E and Kofi and Cesaro. Thank you very much. Yes, Big E, Kofi, and Cesaro. And Cesaro was also fucking with Sheamus like some weeks ago. Right, and... um. Prior to them being removed, you got Adam Rose and Fonda, uh, Damon Sandow. That's right. I was actually about to get into that. But Adam Rose and Damon Sandow have been pulled from the Battle Royal, which b- brings the total number of superstown- superstars. What is wrong with me? Which brings the number, number of total superstars, superstars down to 18. 20. No, 20. Yes. Oh, it was 22 before. It was 22 before Adam Rose and Damon Sandow were pulled out. Okay. That's a lot of people. It is a lot of people, and I'm very excited for Battle Royals. I love Battle Royals, so I hope that we get a good one come uh, Sunday at the Battleground pay-per-view. That's a spot for this week. But the botch coming out of this match is BNB, Bad News Barrett, is going to be presenting the Intercontinental Championship, which he vacated um, to the winner of this Battle Royal. Right, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand why BNB has to be there. What for? We know what he's gonna do. He's probably gonna say something like, "I'm afraid I've got some bad news," and he's probably gonna hit the bull hammer on somebody. But what for? When the guy is injured and he can't really have a payoff come next pay per view. No, at I think, no, I think this is a bust because um, we're picturing that he's gonna hand it over nicely. Okay, but, but obviously that's not what's gonna happen. That's not what. Uh, that's not what is going to happen. In, indeed. No, no, no. So I guess that there's a disconnect somewhere. Um, yeah. about, um, BNB does not seem like the kind of guy who would, you know, just graciously give over the title to the winner. And yet, uh, the belief, at least here in SGP, is that when he comes back, he actually does come back as a triumphant hero. Hopefully he does because um, he's, been get, he's been gaining some momentum um, right before he was injured. And I'd like to think he'll get some sympathy because of what he's been through. Sana, sana. Um, I I I'm, I sympathize with the guy because I want him to succeed. So do I. I've been a Wade Barrett fan since the Nexus days. So for him to actually be at his best right now, character-wise, nakainis to see him going down with an injury right now. Yeah, let's just hope that they don't give up on him too quickly. That's right. Now, we also mentioned Big E and Kofi Kingston as among the participants in uh, the Battle Royal at Battleground. Another spot on our list is the fact that they are actually a tag team now. Well, the, Well, it's not official official yet, but... I know it's getting there, and um, it happened this week on main event that they tagged together, and they actually won against Ryback and Curtis Axel. So I don't know if that counts for something, but I know it's getting there, and I like it. I like the idea of Big E and Kofi teaming together. It's like the Black Heart Foundation. Are they going to be like the Nation of Domination 2.0? Hopefully not. Um, if we talk about them as being Nation of Domination 2.0, we're going to talk about them being you know Black Militant activists which they're not which they're not and which they don't have to be uh-huh i just want them to um get together yeah and be another good contender for the tag team championships i guess my only issue here is the fact now well i'm well i'm explanation as to why they're together other than they're black and they're right. good guys right yeah that's that's the fear that um they're friends because they're two black people right kind of like how kofi and truth were a tag team some years ago yeah exactly but i'm sure Big E and Kofi would be a much better team than Kofi and Truth. Of course, because you have the complementary uh, stylings of Big E, who's a big dude, and Kofi, who flies around. And Big E isn't, um, you know, a slow big dude. He's, he's a, not a stiff. Yeah, he's a really fast big dude, actually. You know what? And I, I actually, would like, to, yeah, I would like to see um, 
their their styles play together. You can actually call Big E another army tank with a Ferrari engine. <laughs> I wonder who else was an army tank with a Ferrari engine. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that that is one of our spots this week. We're hoping that Big E and Kofi can insert themselves into the tag team scene moving forward. But that also probably means that neither of them is winning the Intercontinental Championship. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that as long as they bolster the tag team division. I want to see someone else win the title anyway, so I'm, I'm okay with this. And we're going to get to that later on when we do our Battleground predictions. Let's get to another spot on the list, which is the announcement for staying to be included as a playable character in WWE 2K15. I like this as a gamer. Yeah, it's about damn time they did. Because I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people want to see Sting not just in on TV, right? but I'm sure we're not getting that anytime soon. But I mean, I mean, you know, I'm sure they wanted to play with, play him, play as him on the video game. You know what? A lot of these legends, the last time that they were actually playable in a video game was WWE All Stars, which was a cartoony version of your SmackDown versus Raw. Uh, I enjoyed your... All Stars. I didn't particularly like All Stars because it was too NBA Jam. It was yeah, too it was, arcadey. Yeah, you say, no, I took it for what it is. Okay, that's I took fair. It for what it is. That's fair because I like my I like my video games more realistic and more 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 detailed, more fine, more nuanced. Oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. But so, uh, you know, so you know, um, I, I'm I'm referencing how Warrior was actually part of All Stars. Right. He was on All Stars, and we didn't get him in the video games until WWE 2K14. Yeah, and and it's nice. It's refreshing now that Two K Fifteen's coming out uh, sometime later this year, and Sting is actually in the video game. Yeah, in October this year, actually, and um, yeah, about damn time you don't have to resort to create a wrestler anymore to play as Sting. I know. I mean, how many times have we had to download those creator wrestlers from other gamers all around the world just so we could play our favorite legends or our favorite wrestlers? So finally, congratulations, WWE 2K. You've just gained uh, probably a, uh, you know more fans just because of the fact that Sting is in the game. That's a spot for this. Right, week. and I hope that you know this leads to something more on TV. Definitely. Yeah. I I hope they don't call him Borden Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> all right, another botch on this list. Uh, we haven't had a botch in about. Yeah, two items. So let's get to a botch this time. Paul Heyman was noticeably absent from Cesaro's side at Raw this week. Yeah, and that was so weird because um, at first I didn't make much of it, and then they kept saying on commentary that uh, they heard that Star was fi- ah, they heard that Heyman was fired was or that quit. Heyman quit. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And I'm like, I'm like, um, what is this? Why is it happening? Why, why, why are these rumors um coming up? Does this mean that Paul Heyman and Sorrow had a falling out off screen? If they were going to have a falling out, they should have at least done that on screen. Well, the fact that they didn't have a falling out on screen makes me think that they're not, I don't know, they're not, you know, they're not broken up or anything. I hope they're not broken up because right now rumors are uh, that Heyman has dumped Cesaro so that he could full time uh, he could represent Brock Lesnar full time. And why would he have to dump Cesaro to focus on Brock? Because say, um, you know, back in WrestleMania, he did he focused on Brock and Punk at the same time. That's right. He did uh, focus on Brock Lesnar and CM Punk in 2013. He's done that. He's appeared in two separate matches, and you know the Brock Lesnar storyline and the CM Punk storyline were completely independent of each other. So that means he. Could be done One manager Could insert himself In two separate Independent storylines Without really having To compromise His his allegiances To both of his clients Yeah so this is really Really weird to me I know Yeah I hope that they explain That come Smackdown Or at Battleground Yeah so I know that And I, I also hope that Cesaro is still A Paul Heyman guy At the end of this Yeah because um, He's already been losing You know Three, ti- three, three times In a row Lately And um, I, I, I could I can't have Heyman leaving him Because I 
Um, that means, you know, it's a step backwards for Cesaro. He's losing momentum. Like, he's not where he was after having won the Andre the Giant Battle Royal at WrestleMania 30. And while um, we've had, you know, you know we've, we've seen these things in guys like uh, CM Punk and da- Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, I just don't want to go through another emotional stage in my fandom again. Jeez. Which is weird because we were all thinking that Cesaro could have been the guy because he's the one with the more conventional WWE approved look. Right, exactly. And he, you know, he's he's a big guy. He's muscular, ripped, and he's got appeal for the international audiences. He's the one who's always doing those international uh, international plugs. Hell, he was in I think he was in Spain this week promoting the WWE. Right, right. Again, again, um, it's too early to tell. But hopefully it doesn't, you know, signal bad things for Cesaro. Suffice it to say, we've put this on notice and it's on our spots and botches list for this week on the SGP podcast. Here's a potential spot from last week. Summer Rae and Layla, their feud apparently is over and now they're BFFs. Well, you know, I kind of expect it after, you know, we've seen Fandango um, look at both girls as though he wants them both and, you know, thinks he can have them both. It was kind of refreshing to see that they didn't just have uh, a payoff match at a pay-per-view and then just end the feud altogether. It, in a way, the storyline is still ongoing, except now it's Summer and Layla versus Fandango. It's very refreshing to see two opponents, two enemies, just come together and say, you know what, let's be friends. You mean frenemies? Nick, it's frenemies. <laughs> That's AJ and Paige right, right now. That should be a tag team, the frenemies. The frenemies, <laughs> kind of like Team Hell No. Remember right. when they started out? Right. And you know what? I think we should have more, you know, um, uh, a tag team division for the Divas. Why not? Yeah, because we got, we we got the frenemies. You Black got Lay Cool. Black Lay Cool. Which is Cameron and Alicia Fox. And, and, you know, they fit, you know, Cameron and Alicia Fox, they fit. So, and then you got um, the besties. Summer Rae and Layla. Yeah, the BFFs from NXT, by the way. Uh, the BFFs are Summer Rae and Charlotte. Oh, shit. And Sasha Banks. Ah, oh, thank you. Well, you got Charlotte and Sasha Banks. So. Right. You, uh, you also have the Bella Twins, of course. Yeah, the Bella Twins. You exactly. can't forget the so, Bella Twins. So we, I think we can have um, a Divas Tag Team Championship now. Oh, nah, why not? I think that's something that they can actually work on because right now you have a decent division of four teams, which is at one point way more than the men's division has. Yeah, and then you got the Total Divas girls. So there's another team. And we think that Summer Rae and Layla teaming up is a potential spot because um, I prefer this over seeing Summer Rae and Layla feud even more. Right, right. Going into SummerSlam. So, you know, kudos to whoever thought about advancing this storyline in this manner. I'd like to think it was actually a good decision on your part. So that's a spot. Good job. So going on to the next botch, we got woo, woo. How could Ric Flair potentially be a botch? How could he be a bad thing? I'll tell you what. <laughs> you, he'll be a bad thing when you go waste him like that on Raw. But I was actually thinking you're going all Chico on me. Woo! Seriously, that was bad. Um, that was very bad. Uh, it was better than his appearance, uh, you know, promoting the Shield. Oh yeah, right before um, Extreme Rules, I think. You have to admit that it was kind of entertaining to see uh, Renee Young and Ric Flair interact in the ring. I was kind of creeped out for Renee because I love Renee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, you know, I was creeped out as well. Oh, uh, so wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk around you. <laughs> it was kind of weird. I let them. You know, he was on something. Yeah, no, he's always on something. If he's not drunk, he's just old. But, you know... Um, the point is, he didn't add value where value was necessary. Right. And I don't know why they brought him back, actually. 
Yeah, because at least... For, that, for this show. Right, right. I don't know why. If other than to get the World Heavyweight Championship title belt from Cena. Which we don't understand either at this point because if there was any time to, to lose the big, the big gold belt, it would probably have been at the ladder match at Money in the Bank. Right, exactly. And, well, you know, the WWE makes weird decisions at weird times, so... Which we don't and, always understand. Yeah, so I don't know why Ric Flair was here. Um, I would have preferred it if he was there to introduce his daughter Charlotte. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why this happened. So whatever. I don't understand it. Uh, yeah, it it just didn't make sense altogether. I wish that if they were going to bring back Ric Flair, he, he would have added value, kind of like when they brought Bret Hart back. It didn't add value either. I mean, fine, Fuck you Brett. know. Fuck Oy, sobra ka naman. Ah, so, I mean, I can say it now. It's valid slander now. I mean, you know, I like the nostalgia factor, but please, let's bring them back when they actually have something meaningful to do. Yeah. So Speaking I ju- of, I, know, I just gave no, I just gave them an idea. Um, bring him back. Bring Ric Flair back when he's when it's time to introduce. Charlotte to the main roster. You're welcome. Now, hire me, WWE. Hashtag hire me. Speaking of Black Lay Cool, yeah. uh, they happened after I suggested it on Twitter. <laughs> like the week after I suggested Black Lay Cool on Twitter, they got teamed together. So hashtag hire me, WWE. We're going to do this after we record this podcast. We're going to look through your Twitter followers. We're going to see if there's anybody there who's actually remotely connected to creative. No, no, no. I'm sure there isn't. Of course there isn't. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Anyway, Isn't it the followers, Mo? Uh, 560-something. 2,024. You're, you're, you're on radio. <laughs> of course you have 2,000 followers. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> we Konti pang alang yun eh. 2,000. Yeah, I know. It's a paltry yeah, number. You, you're not on... You know, who am I? Who the fuck am I? You, I don't know who the fuck I am. You're just some dude uh, who appeared on Mix. So fuck oh, fuck you. you. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of uh, people with anything meaningful to do... They've been struggling to find something meaningful for Adam Rose to do over the last few weeks. Right. And this week, among you know the last two or three weeks, they've resorted to putting him in product placement spots, which is actually the last botch on our list. Right, right, right. Uh, well, wait, is it time? No, wait, no, it's not time yet. Because it's not we time have, yet. Because we have to do one more spot on the list. Right. The unification. That's right. We are, t- we, we are going to talk about the championship unification, and we're talking about the U.S. and the Intercontinental Championship unification. Right. They've been mentioning it lately um, on WWE programming ever since uh, last week's main event at when Alberto Lurio faced Sheamus in a last man standing match for the U.S. title. And um, since you keep mentioning it, um, it's, it's all but a certainty that it's going to happen. At some point, if not at uh, the next pay per view, then it's probably going to happen uh, because of the mere fact that Sheamus is in the battle. Right. Royal. Here's my ideal. Um, here's my ideal scenario for the, for the uh, unification. Someone else wins the Intercontinental Championship at Battleground. Okay. Someone else wins it. Maybe, um, maybe Alberto Del Rio. Maybe the Miz. Yeah. So one of those guys. Okay. And then, but the last man, the winner eliminates would be Sheamus. Right. Which would. Just write itself. Right. It would write itself. I'm shameless. And the winner would feud uh, for SummerSlam. Obviously, since both championships are in the match, it's going to lend itself. Uh, it's going to write itself. Unification. That's what's going to happen. Right. And it's going to make SummerSlam an even bigger deal than it has been yeah, over the last that's few why years. I, that's why I wanted it to happen at SummerSlam because it's the big, it's the big show. Uh, the summer. Right, right. And remember when the Intercontinental Championship actually main-evented SummerSlam. Right, right, right. That actually happened. 
and the last guy to unify the Intercontinental Championship and another championship was Edge. Right, right. Back in 2002, I think. Yeah, or 0102. 0102. Somewhere along those lines when um, after the WCW invasion. Right, right. And that's why uh, the championship unification is a spot. We need this right now, probably because we still don't have the brand split. We've been advocating for the brand split. If you're going to have two separate mid-card belts, if you're going to have two world championship belts, you might as well have a brand, slip, a brand split. But you don't have that right now. We with- don't. Uh, with the current roster, with the current setup. So at least if you unify the titles, it kind of streamlines things and you know doesn't leave one mid-card championship feeling less than the other. And it opens up the Tag Team Divas division. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> right, so there you go. Anyway, um, going to the next, the last botch, the product placement. I have comments on this. Um, I actually noticed that um, it's been happening more often lately. Um, even the you know the matchup screens are sponsored by Takis, whatever Takis is. I have no idea what Takis is, by the way. Right, so you can't um, blame us. We're Filipino. Right, so um, I've, I've been thinking, I've been noticing, and it's not a hard thing to come to conclude that they've been doing this because of their financial situation at the moment. Right, right, and it's understandable, fine, but it doesn't have to be so tacky as to the way that they've been doing it right now with Adam Rose and with our guy Damien Sandow. Right, right, right. And I prefer the one that you just, you know, just stick a brand name on on the on the matchup screen sort of like something like that. Right, um, right. Know, like the Sprite All-Stars game, something like that. Um, I hated that Subway guy, that Subway guy <laughs> segment from several years ago, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, there's, there's, an, there's a tasteful way, there's a less intrusive way to do product placement. Yeah. And there is just what happened this week. And with that... And with that... We'd like to go into our next segment. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, if I may have your attention, please. In a world full of unwashed masses... There is only one man who can be our savior. Unfortunately, he is too busy being other people. Ladies and gentlemen, this is... Silence! The, the Damien Sandow Weekly Update! This week, he is the worst thing ever. A sonic delivery guy. God, that is the worst... It's not even an impersonation of a... He's not... He's not. He's not impersonating anything. He's, he's just, basically being himself in a Sonic costume. <laughs> he's just cosplaying a Sonic, a Sonic waiter or whatever. And the worst part is he doesn't even get to eat the product. Yeah. God. Kawawa. I mean, like, I, I get it. I get it. You've been saying it week in, week out. The guy has to do what the guy has to do to keep himself yeah, on yeah, screen. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, I, I understand. I've been saying that uh, for the past uh, couple of weeks. Right. But I cannot defend this one. <laughs> I cannot. No, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't defend this one. I, I just couldn't believe it. Like, when I saw it, I was like, really? We've gone this low? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, okay, you could have gotten someone else to do that. But since Santino retired... That's right. We've had to go for Damon Sandow doing this. And who knows? Who knows what Damon Sandow will be wearing this Sunday when he probably faces Adam Rose in a one-on-one match at Battleground. Oh, God. God! Sayang, I mean, they had a feud. It was nice having that separate offshoot feud leading into the Battle Royal because they were supposed to be a part of it. And then these two get pulled out, and the jury isn't even completely sold yet on Adam Rose at this point. While he did what he had to do this week, that doesn't mean that we liked, we had to like what he had to do. We don't like it. This is one of the worst Damien Sandow segments since he debuted. Ever! No, never, ever again. Never again. Uh, sorry, Damon Sandow. We love you, but we don't want you doing this. Stop sorry. doing this to yourself. Yeah, um, this is, uh, I think this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. 
Because, you know, the impersonations every week, okay, they're one thing, but, you know, doing this to shell a product, yeah. even though um, the WWE is kind of broke right now. Yeah. Not not a good thing. Not a good thing at all. It's not a good thing at all. Damien Sandow, please find something to do. You're welcome. Let's get to our main topics for this week because we do have some meat and some, some very interesting discussions on top of the battleground predictions. You want to do predictions first or you want to get into our main topic for this evening? What do you think? Um, I think we should get the predictions out of the way because we talked about uh, battleground last week. So I'm sure... We talk about this now. We're just gonna, you know, run through it real quick. Sure. Let's let's breeze through it. Battleground predictions. Let's start with the main event: Fatal Four Way: Cena, Reigns, Kane, Orton. I think we have a unanimous pick on this one. Cena. Cena for Cena. sure. Cena. One, two, three. One, two, three. Cena. Cena. This is ha- this has to happen for SummerSlam. We know that Cena is the transitional champ. Let's get to our next match: Two out of three falls. Usos and the Wyatts. Wyatts now. Wyatts at the guy. If. It didn't happen uh, at Money in the Bank. It has to happen now. Wyatt's now. This is going to be our second straight unanimous pick. I'm going the Wyatt's as well. It has to happen. Um, um, something needs to change in the tag division now. I don't care if it has to happen so that the so that um, Goldust and Stardust can come in or you know Biggie and Kofi, whoever. I just want something different to happen now. And if it didn't happen last week, uh, last month, as I said, last pay per view. It's, it's going to happen now. Besides, right now, we have more good guy tag teams than bad guy tag teams. So to have a bad guy tag team champion would mean that more guys are potentially trying to compete for the, yeah, for the straps. It's, it's gonna be, they're going to make for better stories, better chases. Plus, the Wyatt family, they are pretty much the hottest thing right now. The hottest stable right now in the WWE. So you might as well give them the championships while the iron is hot. Divas Championship, AJ and Paige. I'm going for AJ for this one. Really? Yep. Um... As we all see, as we all saw, Paige wasn't ready for the face character. Yeah. Um, uh, but not, it's not necessarily her fault. It's not. Yeah, it's not. Better, um, I want to see Paige turn first. And I think this is only going to happen um, at the end of the match. I, I, we already know that she has the heel tendencies. or We can see right through the act. Yeah. But uh, she's not overtly a heel yet. Uh-huh. So I think it's going to happen um, at Battleground. You know, this storyline actually kind of reminds me of the 2005 Batista-Eddie Guerrero storyline heading right, into No right, Mercy. Right, right. Remember that? It but, kind of but, reminds no, me of Eddie that. No, but Eddie turned face. But Eddie turned face. Except this time, Paige is going to turn full-on heel. And I'm right. excited for that too. And I'm actually predicting AJ as well. Just because I think it'll advance the storyline. Yeah, no, if um, Paige wins now, what is the incentive to, to lie, cheat, and steal, so to speak? Right, exactly. And when Paige turns heel uh, at Battleground, it's going to make for a better match at SummerSlam. Here's the thing, though. Right now, AJ isn't as convincing a good girl as I'd like her to be. Like, if we're trying to establish some hardline allegiances between good guys and bad guys, AJ isn't doing a good, a good job of being the good girl herself. Well, that's true. But do you expect her to turn heel in this case? I don't think so. Exactly. So it's, she, she'll be the sympathetic figure, if ever. Yeah, yeah. No, she needs Paige to turn heel so that she can make herself look like a better good girl. Right. Okay. I, I, I'll take that. Another Divas match coming up for Battleground this, this is a weekend. Kickoff, yeah, this is a kickoff match. This is the kickoff match. Thank you. It's Cameron versus Naomi. We've been waiting for this to happen just so they could get it out of the way. You think Alicia Fox will come in and you know Black Lake will be cemented right in front of our eyes? That's a nice idea. I never thought of that. Ah, yeah, I got yeah, you there. Finally, God. <laughs> Took you like how many episodes? Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, it does seem like a nice idea, but I don't think that um, Naomi's going to give up a win here. I think Naomi wins this if Alicia Fox doesn't come out. Foxy comes out, no, Cameron wins. No, I think Naomi wins, and then 
Alicia Fox comes out. Mm, okay. I'm I'm betting that if ever Alicia comes out, it'll be during the match to help Cameron out. Yeah, well, probably. So that's my that's probably. my prediction. But it, I I don't want to see a prolonged feud between these two. So um, Naomi can win and Alicia Fox can come out if ever. If ever, I think uh, yeah, they probably won't continue the feud necessarily. But you know, having Black Lake who come out kind of pretty much tells the entire Divas division to watch out because these two girls are coming to get you. All right, right. Anyway, moving on to Bray versus Y2J. I told you last week I want Y2J to win this first. I still think Bray Wyatt's gonna win this first. Really? That that's me. That's me. Um, I mean, I get the whole fact that you have to advance the story first and give Bray like an edge or, or a chip on his shoulder to keep going after Y2J. But something in me tells me that Bray Wyatt kind of needs the momentum more because Chris Jericho has more momentum than him at this point. Okay, okay, fair enough. But I want Bray, like I said, to win the SummerSlam match. So I, so you need to trade wins here. So that's why I'm picking Y2J to win. Right, and that's keeping in mind the fact that it's not going to last until be It's not going to be uh, a really clean win to rob him of his momentum. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that Y2J gets the nominal win. All right, I think this is our first legit split decision. Okay, okay fair enough. All right, uh, Intercontinental Championship Battle Royal. You have 20 guys to choose from, but really you probably only have like a handful of legit candidates. I think it's going to go to The Miz. Okay. He's bigger than Del Rio right now. I want Del Rio to win, but I think it's going to the Miz. Just because Miz has more momentum, right? Right, right. Right, and besides, I think Miz is Sheamus' primary opponent right now. Yeah. And if you've been reading the dirt sheets, you can probably you you probably would have noticed that Sheamus and Miz are gonna have a, a prolonged feud. Right. And Miz was the only guy to beat Sheamus lately. That's right. Diba? So right. that that tells me something, eh? It, it tells it me be, that it tells me that they're elevating Miz to be on Sheamus's level, and when, it could be a harbinger of future events. Yeah, when they couldn't do that for Alberto Del Rio, right, right. So I think we're going to be a unanimous. Uh, we're going to have a unanimous pick on the Miz as well on this one. How about this match? Uh, Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. This has been uh, coming for quite some time. I'm I'm kind of upset that okay. they didn't announce this on live TV and instead opted to just announce it on the website over the weekend. It's not a big deal to me. Okay, yeah, they should have um they should have announced it on TV, but it's not a big deal because I know this was happening. Um, it would be a bigger deal to me if it didn't happen. So it's just from it's just formalizing the match. Because I mean, you're telling a story, and if you leave out one crucial piece of the story, even if it's not if even if it wasn't like sobrang obvious. It's still an insult to the intelligence of your of your viewer of your, uh, of your audience. I, I want to I want to go that far because um they've done a really good job of building themselves up. Okay, building, I'll give build, them that building their animosity up from the, from the time um Seth turned on the shield. Yeah, they've been doing such a good job. Ambrose is a good actor. He knows how to sell the intensity of his feelings towards Seth, and he's a great talker. Right, exactly. So I don't. I knew this was happening, and and. If it were less um, of a build-up, yeah. If it wasn't as, if it wasn't built up as great as um, they've been doing it lately, yeah. That's when I would share your your feelings toward it. But since um, I like the way it's been done, I don't have a problem with it. Fine, fine, okay. Uh, I well, let's agree to disagree. Let's make our picks. I'm picking Seth Rollins to win this one. It's a tough pick. I'm gonna be honest with you, but yeah, I think no, no, no. Wait, no. Wait, shit. I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Because I think they're going to extend this until SummerSlam. It could go either way. SummerSlam and is your biggest pay-per-view of the summer, of course. So I think 
if they know what's best for business, they're going to keep this feud going on while it's still hot and then have Dean Ambrose win at SummerSlam. Uh, I think Dean wins by DQ. Ooh. Yeah. Because That's a good um, call. Dean has to win because Seth won Money in the Bank by winning Money in the Bank. Get it? Right, right. Get it? Yes. So, yes. He, so he has the upper hand right now. Oh, Anna, I forgot about that. But I'm still thinking in their first one-on-one matchup, their first legit one-on-one matchup, I think I'm still giving it to Seth, though. So no, let's, no, let's uh, call it no, here. Yeah, Dean wins by DQ, and he's not happy with that. Right. So he goes for SummerSlam, and when they go for SummerSlam, they go for something bigger. I hope they feud over the briefcase. Yeah, actually, me too. I hope they feud over the briefcase. I, we've, the last time that happened was... Um, Edge versus Kennedy. Edge versus Kennedy, that's 2007. Right. And, well, it's a nice thing to feud over. But even though I think that Dean Ambrose doesn't need the briefcase and his character wouldn't need the briefcase. His character wouldn't give a shit about the briefcase. Right. Well, I guess Seth Rollins could, you know, put it up as, you know, a pride thing. Right. And you know what? I actually have this idea for Seth. Um, If I may go into it a bit. Uh, I have this idea for Seth um, for his cash in. Uh I don't want him to cash it in uh, traditional style. Okay. And... I, I got, so you want him to announce it? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to announce it. I got I got inspired from his uh, segment backstage with Cena last week. Okay. Um, about how, about how he's you know the best he wants to prove himself. Right. He said he's not gonna cash in the 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 contract until he can prove him to the world that he is the best. Yeah. And I want that to happen. Okay. Parang. I want him to cash in the contract by saying that I want to prove that I'm the best. So I'm gonna announce it ahead of time. And I want a full match with you so that when I win the championship, I will do it by being the best. Here's my question for that theory, Mr. Smarty Pants. Can Seth no, it's Rollins... not a theory. It's just, uh, it's just fantasy booking. Fine. Can Seth Rollins pull that off while maintaining his heel status, though? Because no, 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 right no. now it seems like something so honorable. No, it's not honorable. It's a cocky thing to say. But I know I can beat you. I just need to show the world ah. in a full match. Okay. Not like how the other Jokers did it. You know, they would wait until um, the last possible moment. Yeah, the last possible moment, or the best possible yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. The, they would be vultures, right? And cash it in after you know after beat down. Thanks, Edge. Right, but you know, it's it's a cocky heel. It, but it's kind of like Shawn Michaels. I think if Shawn Michaels won the Money in the Bank briefcase, I think that's how he would do it. Wait, are we talking about pre-Christian Shawn or yeah, Christian yeah, no, Shawn? No, yeah, pre-Christian Shawn. Um, '90s Shawn. '90s Shawn. Yeah. Yeah. That that's yeah, yeah, I see. I think that would be a big boost to Seth Rollins' uh, no, credibility as a heel. Interesting. Never. I actually remember, uh, that, you know, because you brought it up. I remember what he told Cena when they were going to have their one-on-one match at Raw last right, week. Right, right. I'm going to beat you, and then I'm going to cash in on yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. That's what. That's why I got inspired. Right. And this is this is something that Dolph Ziggler should do, or should have done when he yeah, held yeah, the briefcase. We, yeah, exactly. So I want Seth to do it now because uh, he's 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 he fits. Yeah. He does fit. He he does fit. Although, I, uh, it, since we're going to you know, since we're going a little bit into fantasy booking, I bet he holds the briefcase until after WrestleMania. He holds on to it for that long. Well, that's fine. Because uh, Dolph did the same thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm putting it out there. I think he holds on to it until after WrestleMania 31. Okay. I just I just want that to happen. That I I know I can beat you, so I'm gonna prove it. Cool. Cool. Last match on the Battleground pay-per-view card. We haven't talked about this yet. Jack Swagger versus Rusev. We have a lot to say on this, but let's get the predictions out of the way. Rusev is winning this. Rusev is winning this. No, no, no. 
Swagger is winning this. All right, let's agree to disagree, but I think Rusev is winning this. Swagger is winning this, and, well, I don't like it. We don't like it. I don't like it. We at SGP have a bone to pick with the fact that Jack Swagger and Zeb Coulter have been built up to be the uber patriots right. uh, who are you know, defending old glory, defending USA against Rusev and Lana. But, but Swagger and Zeb Coulter are still fucking racists, are still fucking xenophobes. Well, they are. They kind of dialed down that a bit. But they still are. They you still have to admit, are. though, they have turned it down a little bit, but they're still backwards thinking as, as characters. Right, exactly. And the, prob- the problem I have with this is that Swagger and Zeb, as opposed to someone like Big E, Swagger and Zeb are f- people who hate foreigners. And they've, men- they've maintained that persona since they debuted as a team. Yeah, as the real Americans, as- since, the fr- since the time they've been doing the We the People shtick. Right. And the problem here is that they've moved from hating the good foreigners to hating the bad foreigners. And that's why the faces in this feud. Actually, they've also hated bad foreigners because for a while, they were hating on Cesaro, who never really turned good. Well, but that wasn't their thing. They were hating more on Del Rio, who was the champion then. Who was a good guy at the time. Who was a good guy then. Right. But, and they were also hating on Emma. They were hating on Santino, on Sheamus. Good guys, all, all good, good guys. guys. Adam Rose, Adam Rose, and that's the pro- that's the thing. And then the biggest problem I have is that people are cheering this stuff, right? So uh, the biggest question, I guess, from from Roe and I right now is: if you're an American and if you're in the crowd, right, and if you raise your right hand, put your hand over your heart, and in, in a loud, clear voice, say along with Zeb, "We the people." What does that say about you? You're hating a foreigner because he's a bad foreigner. But or these are, guys are have hated um, the good foreigners before, and I know I've been, I've been going over and over in this. But um, you compare it to someone like Big E, who defended America because right. he because he has patriotic feelings, right? But you know, uh, Swagger and Zeb's patriotic feelings consist of hate uh-huh. for other cultures. Here's the thing: Does it really matter where the place of patriotism comes from? Because, hey, fine, let's let's uh, put it out there that Big E's patriotism comes from his love of his country, whereas Swagger and Zeb, their patriotism comes from hate. Does it really matter when, at the end of the day, you all love your country? No, it Wait. doesn't matter. No, no, no. I mean, like, no, that's not the thing. I don't care. It, it, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. It's like, um, you know, doing. Good things or doing bad things in the name of good and vice versa. Okay. So you're saying right now, what you're saying is your intentions are ultimately more important than your actions. Exactly. Unless, uh, I mean, if it were the case, if, if, if that were the case, then we'd just be having a utilitarian thing. Right. Why don't the ends justify the means? Okay. And that's not a good thing. That's not morally good. That's not morally good because. Because the ends should not justify the means. It's like, you know, it's like. Being, you know, Nazi, the Nazis. See, the way, the only way now that I would actually accept Swagger and Zeb as convincing good guys is if they would have turned back on their word as xenophobes and they would have begun to be more tolerant. Yeah, there's nothing, um, there's nothing that suggests that they have made that kind of change. The thing with that is that, um, in order to have a good transformation, a believable transformation, there had to be something, a a really, really big. Major event that, that that served as a catalyst for that transformation. But so far, that big event has just been Jack Swagger and Zeb Coulter challenging Lana and Rusev openly. Yeah, and and that 
And that was just, you know, them being annoyed at the Russians. And here's the question. If you're an American, and if you're booing Rusev and Lana, are you booing them because they're bad? Or are you booing them because they're foreign? Yeah, are you booing them because you don't understand what Rusev's saying? Because those are two different things. Because you can boo Triple H for being an asshole, which on screen he totally is. But you can also just boo a guy because he's foreign, and that, that, that reeks of bigotry. Right. And, well, when you, when you cheer a guy who is, you know, railing against these foreigners because they're foreign and they're evil, yeah. you're pretty much booing the foreigners. Right. And that, that's, that's, again, as you said, that's bigotry. And, you know, you as our listeners, you know, we love hearing from you. We love it, by the way, when you tweet us what you think. But we want to get your opinion on this because I, I, was, giving, I was giving Ro this devil's advocate point of view on Facebook when you know, one of you could actually tell us right to our face, Pare and dami yung alam. You're taking this way too far and you're turning this into a meta argument that you two can barely understand. What do you mean we can barely understand? But because it, 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 we are advocating, you know, tolerance for other cultures, for other ethnicities, and we're, the reason why we're doing this is because Stan and I were both from the University of the Philippines, and we are, and in UP, we are taught to go above and beyond what is just there and to go into what's deeper. But beyond that, our mantra here in Smart Gilas Pilipinas, not just on the podcast, but even in our Facebook group, where we hold daily discussions on wrestling, is to educate. Right. We want to educate because wrestling, while it is a form of entertainment, yeah. it is also a reflection of pop culture. Right. And I don't care if it caters to the lowest common denominator. Or that the masses. Does not, that does not mean that we have to stick to this and we have to settle for this. That does not you know, take away the power that we have to raise it up. To and raise the bar higher, and while, we have that power as as consumers of this of this um this piece of entertainment. What what, what we dictate we like is reflective um, or gets reflected on the product. Right, right. And while pop culture can be one of the lowest common denominators among common folk, it is still very much reflective of society in itself. Yeah, and we're trying to change society because there are some things that are just outdated. And we do that by educating, by informing you. Right, and I know, I know it's part of wrestling logic that you know characters flip flop on their allegiances all the time. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I'm just telling you that it's not believable. You know, Zeb and Swagger are not believable because you know, they, they haven't had anything. They haven't had good writing behind them, and they haven't stuck up for any any foreigner, good or bad, to justify the fact that there's someone worth rooting for, other than the fact that they are defending the USA. And Zeb Colder, for one, has not been changed. I mean. His character has not been changed from this, you know, traditional conservative old guy, okay. this old white American guy. Yeah. Parang, okay, they, maybe they've dialed down the xenophobia a bit, but, you know, Zeb's still fucking sexist. That's right, because he yeah. did, he did uh, call out Lana and Rusev on a lot of things and made a lot of references to Rusev hiding behind Lana's skirt. Yeah, I'm like, come and on. asking which one of them wears the pants or the skirt. Come on, how is that? I'm, I, I, as I said before, being a face has to mean standing up for what society thinks is good in this day and age. You know what? I think there is a good way of maintaining a particular character and being able to make that character flip-flop between face and heel without, uh, you know, without compromising his values. Take what a look at CM Punk. Right, okay. CM Punk as a character, he's always straight-edged, whether he's a face 
or if he's a heel. And even though he's dialed this down um, in, in the later years of his career... You can still see that he's, he's straight edge. It's very much consistent from the moment he debuted in Ring of Honor. As a good guy, he advocates the fact that he doesn't, he doesn't smoke, he doesn't drink, he doesn't do drugs. That he's just simply better than you. Right. And he proves that to you by wrestling very, very well in the ring. Right. And As know, a heel... Yeah, by doing that, yeah. Okay, go, go on. Sorry. Let, sorry, me, no, just, no, no, let no. me just ju- yeah, juxtapose yeah, right, this. Right, right. As a heel... Due to post... As a heel, CM Punk asserts his ascendancy over you because he's much better than you, much better than the common American who takes drugs, who drinks, who smokes, like how he referenced, um, um, like how he references other people who have fallen to these vices, like Jeff Hardy. Right. So I, I guess what we're trying to say is there is a way to actually make Zeb Coulter and Jack Swagger. But I don't think you can do this for xenophobia and for you know sexism or something like that. Okay, fine. No, I, I'll give you that. Because these are such uh, a gray area when it comes to xenophobia and racism. Right, because when Swagger and Coulter were heels, they would they would uh, manifest their xenophobia by accusing any foreigner of being illegal, you know, being an illegal, illegal immigrant. Illegal foreigners walking across right, the border. Even though, we're, even though they're not, obviously. Yeah, because the, the fact that they're being hired by a publicly traded company means they did the right paperwork. Right, exactly. So, you know, that's the heelish part. Uh-huh. And now, again, I don't believe this shtick. I don't believe they're bullshit. I don't believe that they're standing up. Well, they're standing up for their country, but they're being made faces by the fact that they, their opponents are heels. And that's not, that's not good storytelling. I wish that there was a way for them to, to retcon Zeb Coulter and Jack Swagger. I mean, I don't know how you, I, I don't know, I don't know how they're gonna do that. I think the onus is on creative, but there probably has to be a way that's believable to retcon Swagger and Coulter to make them believable faces right now. I have an idea. I have an idea that um, the only way, the only believable way for them to, you know, to to be more tolerant of, you know, good foreigners, okay, is to have a good foreigner actually come and help them, even though they're heels. Right, and, and have then, that good foreigner be a real American as well. Not the one real American, but they tried that with Cesaro. No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. I meant like, um, they they have a time of need, but you know, they get beat down in the ring by Rusev and Lana. Okay, and then a good foreigner comes in, and you know, well, you know, we we speak of foreigners as though they're actually foreigners, but sometimes, a lot of times, they're not. Like Kofi. Yeah, Kofi's not a foreigner. Yeah, Kofi, he's te- a kid from Boston. Technically, not a foreigner. Well, technically, I mean. He's, you know, Ghanaian, but... Of Ghanaian uh, descent, yeah. But he's, he, he's pretty, pretty much grew he's, up from yeah, Boston. Born and raised in Boston, I guess. Yeah. Or not born, but made in Boston. Right, right. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, um, Rusev and Lana beat down Swagger and Coulter. You know, a good foreigner of... A good foreigner comes down and saves them. Like, like I don't know, Seamus or... Yeah, Seamus. Seamus or, would be a good guy. Or to Diego. Do. Hell, you know, just a baby-faced foreigner. And that's how you can turn them face, by by making them realize that not all foreigners are bad. And then they have a change of heart, and they actually acknowledge said change of heart. Because you yeah. really have to put these together. You have to connect the dots to make the story believable. But no, but this case, nope, that's not what we get. It's not what we get yeah, because we they just, fast-forwarded it and assumed that everybody would understand that as long as these guys are defending old glory, they're the good guys. And the problem here is it worked. <laughs> It did work. It worked, and what is and that is really telling of American society. I know, I know, they did this in a, in a, in in the South, um, you know, in Rome, Richmond, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, and that's the South. 
and you know, and that's you're, you're more likely to get over there doing that because the South is a more conservative region in, in the United States. They're more Republican than Democrat. Right. And we're not, you know, we're not slandering. We're just telling facts. Right. So you know, I, well, again, it's also too early to tell. They might not get the same reaction elsewhere. But as early as now, you see the fervor with which these people chant, "We the people." Yeah, and that's really frightening. To be honest with you, it's really scary. And it and uh, it, it's cause for concern. It's something that we on the other side of the world uh, probably can just look back on and and you know look at from a distance and probably say something about it. We, you know, we can try to be as as. Uh, as uh, vocal about tolerance as possible but at the end of the day we are mere observers right. and the best that we can do is to spread the word about tolerance and to educate you about it right so fuck this feud fuck uh, Swagger and Coulter just fuck it um, I hope Rusev wins <laughs> I really do when you think about it the things Zana was saying about America is true when you think about it, you know, when you look past the fact that she's supposed to be the bad guy. Yeah, it, it, you, yeah, f- given that she's a heel and she's supposed to be hypocritical. Yeah. It, what she's saying about America is true. And it's nice how. It's also know, true. It's nice how, in reality, she's actually American as well. But, oh, the irony. Oh, the irony indeed. If you didn't know this about America, it's so ironic because it's so true. Yeah. And we're from the outside looking in. Right. It's also true. We're not, we're not Reds. Um, I'll be honest with you, we're not Reds. We're, we're not leftists. But it's true. And we're no, uh, we're no Paul Sai majors either. Yeah, I, 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 we, we try to stay away from politics as much as possible. But, but we can't avoid it in this particular case. This is one of those times when politics is really... Uh, when WWE has walked that very fine line between politics and entertainment, and they've, uh, they've crossed that border... And they've ventured into territory where you know it's it's inescapable for people like us to comment on this. But yeah, um, I don't know if it's clever. I don't know if it's intentional on the creative team's part or whoever's writing Lana's stuff. Again, I don't think creative is that creative. No, I don't know who's writing Lana's stuff, but it's true. I don't know if it's really just them being clever. I'm getting well, a, I'm getting a. We want to know what you think because this is one of the more intense discussions we've yeah, had on so, um, SGP. You know, um, it's not a big deal to other people, but I'm trying to make it a big deal. And I want to reason. make it a big deal. Yeah, for, good for good reason, because this is telling of society, of American society, which a lot of people mistakenly place as the paragon of modern society. I really, I hope not. Anyway, but I mean, you know, Filipino society is terrible in its own right. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. But, but you know, we do look up at American society, and that's, wh- and that's why we're here to tell you that not everything about American society is perfect. Right? So right, this, right. Is, this is us coming in and just telling you what's real. And uh, again, we want to know what you think. You have to tweet us. This is probably one of our more intelligent and more relevant to society, and more societally, socially relevant. Thank right. you. Jesus Christ. One of our more socially relevant discussions on the podcast since the page commentary from several weeks ago. If you, if you agree with us, go on. All right. I mean, okay. Do, do do support us But if you don't agree with us Tell us why I want you to argue with us I, I just don't want I just don't want you to tell us why I want you to actually argue with us Because this will so, be fun I, w- I will go toe-to-toe with you And I want to see where you think I want to see how you think In case you think differently Because it will probably be telling as well Of the times that we live in right now We're on Twitter It's at Stan947 At Rose War And we're also on Facebook We're part of a group 
It's called Smart Gilas Pilipinas. Facebook.com slash groups slash Smart Gilas Pilipinas. That's right. You really, really want to know what you think. One of these days, we'll probably start that real thread in the group just right. so we can get this conversation I did. rolling. I actually did. Nobody's replying. <laughs> Since, you know, we've spent a good 15, 20 minutes talking about this uh, Rusev Swagger feud, which is... Uh, Honestly, very interesting. But we have to call this podcast. Uh, you know, we have to end this podcast. So let's end it with our pick of the week, which is our weekly segment where we tell you about something that really caught our eye in wrestling through the last week. You say you caught. Um, you say it catches our eye. It this one this week it caught my ear. It caught my ear too. It caught my ear. My pick of the week is actually not from this week. It's from a couple of weeks back. From July 9, 2014. Right. But I found it this week, so it counts. Anyway. This is our podcast. It's our rules. Right. right. So, Talk is Jericho, Chris Jericho's podcast. If you don't listen to it, you should. It's a gem on the internet, by the way. Right. And, um, and if there's one episode you have to start with, it's the, it's the July 9 episode with Christian on it. It's a great interview. Really, I really love great stories. interview. Yeah, I, I'm a Christian fan. I'm a peep. I love Christian a lot, and I wish him more success. And I really like um, how the, the stories they tell, uh, Christian's in, uh, views on things. Um, it's really relevant, especially um, how he recounts. Um, when he first started training for wrestling, uh, the trainer looked him over and said he was too small. And from then on, from then on, he had a chip on his shoulder. And I can, and I can relate to that. Yeah. I can relate to that. Oh, yeah. And um, I really think, and I, I, I admire Christian even more because of it. And he understands that he's, he's very smart. He's a very smart worker when you watch him in the ring. And the, what he says on the podcast is um, reflective of that because he understands that he has to adapt his style because of his size. He could either be, he could either be the smaller guy in the ring or he could, be the, he could be the bigger guy in the ring. Just don't be alarmed when you notice that Christian doesn't talk the way he normally talks in the ring. Yeah, because uh, he's very reserved. Yeah, he's very reserved in this one. Uh, He he mentions that he has um, uh, a burned tongue, I think, or a cut tongue, because uh, he he accidentally bit his tongue after taking a bump. Right. But either way, still good stuff. I want you to listen. It go to Jericho's podcast, subscribe, download. Um, it's the only other wrestling podcast you should listen to. Oh, (laughs) no, 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 I'm just kidding. I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. I'm just playing with you. Wow. You should. Seriously, get this podcast. My pick of the week for this week, it's, it's, uh, it's not exactly a match, not a segment, and not a podcast either. But you know that WWE has been very, very active on social media probably the last two or three years. And they've been, you know, for all of the talk about WWE being rather behind on pop culture, I like how timely they've been with Bo Dallas delivering inspirational messages to the World Cup losers. <laughs> the World Cup losers. I love how, you know, he would uh, make a vine, which would last like six seconds, and yeah, he would... Yeah. Address the team that just lost. Like most recently, the World Cup ended with Germany beating Argentina. Bo Dallas made a vine uh, addressing the Argentine national team, and it was nice. It was kind of funny because he was again telling them that all they needed to do was to bully. No, no, no. That's not how it goes. Oh, okay, okay. Ikaw nang may alam. No, do it. no, no, no. Go you know it. what? No, you know what? Um, for all the shit I give Bo, he really does his job well. He does. So all they had to do. Was Bo leave? 
I loved it. I loved it. It was great. Uh, and uh, it's one of those times when they were actually timely with relevant events and current events. I just wish he would have said, uh, don't cry for me, Argentina. Oh, that was too easy a joke. Because everybody else was doing that. Yeah, I, know, I, I know. I know. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Um, he would get more heel heat for, by going for the easy joke. For the cliche. Yeah. Right? But yeah, exactly. th- that, that's my pick of the week because it is, it is nice to see that he maintains his character when uh, referencing current events. Right. And with that, we are closing this week's edition of the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast. Thank you very much for listening and for clicking play, for clicking download, for keeping us on the internet. Tell your friends and always, always try to hit us back whenever you hear something you either agree with or disagree with. We're on Twitter. Right, we're on Twitter. It's at Stan947. At Roizwar. And we are, we are on Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash Smart Gilas Filipinas. And you can listen to us online on on our website, on our Buzzsprout site, the sgppodcast.buzzsprout.com. And you can download our podcast on iTunes in the iTunes store for you to listen to it on your iPhone, iPad, whatever. And you can also download us on Android using your favorite download, uh, using your favorite podcast app. Now stay tuned for our next few episodes because it will get bigger. We have our very first interview on the Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast coming sometime within the next few weeks. Really, really big interview. So excited for this. You better stay tuned to find out who we're interviewing and what this big interview will be all about. For now, though, we got to call it a night before Henry comes on over and blows our asses <laughs> off. Mandaluyong. Thank you very much to Mellow947 for always being generous yeah, with their stay equipment. Stay safe. Uh, by the way, everyone, stay safe. Um, um, for those who don't uh, try this, no, 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 come on, no, 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 seriously, no, seriously, seriously. Um, for those who got you know lost stuff after Glenda, uh, we feel for you. Yeah, we feel for you. But Henry's coming along. Uh, we don't know how bad this might be, so stay safe, please. And uh, if we have any information with regard to how we can help out as well, yeah. SGP will help out. Right, right. Because so we, we do try to be relevant. Yeah. So everyone, stay dry, stay warm, stay safe. And uh, with that, peace out, everybody. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.